Hey guys, Dane here with the Darkroom Podcast, and we are back. It's been a couple months. We missed you. I hope you missed us. I'm glad that you clicked on us. And guess what? This train is going to keep on moving, baby. In this episode, I chat with the Darkroom founders, Anders Bill and Theo Chapman. This is a second roundtable episode. We did the first one, I think it was episode 20 something. I think it was 20. I forget. Uh, We wanted to get together and chat and talk about this little hiatus that we've been on with the Darkroom podcast and why it happened and what's to come. We are super pumped on Darkroom Podcast 2.0, which is really kicking off now and into 2020. So we have some really exciting guests for you. But this episode, it's just us uh, hanging, talking about what's to come, talking about what's to come for the industry, I guess you could say, right? Like in our our eyes. Uh, So we're chatting about that. And we kind of get into some new stuff and what's to come of all this craziness that is being a full-time creator and starting a small business and running a brand and all this stuff. So anyways, you guys sit back, relax, or jog, or be on a bike, or whatever you're going to do. Thanks again for tuning in. And without further ado, here is Anders Bill and Theo Chapman in another Dark Room Roundtable. Welcome to the Dark Room Podcast, where you'll get to hear from the best full-time creators on the planet. From starting out to where they are now and everywhere in between. Welcome to the Dark Room. Welcome back in to the Dark Room Podcast. Welcome, welcome. I am joined by Anders and Theo from Dark Room. Mm -hmm. And I'm Dane, and I'm here. And it's been a while. It's been... Two months about. Two months. And I kind of have to say that because in the last episode, at the end of it, I did my whole like, oh, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> and I feel like when I said it at that time, I was like, eh, maybe I'll try a different outro because there's lying. a chance that I'm not back next week. I think this was like, it was right before I went somewhere the, the following week. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to get an episode this week. But I still said it. And then another week went by and then it kind of turned into a hiatus. But it was like a good creative hiatus. Is that how you run your your freelancing That's life? That's how I run the businesses that I the, the, my business that I do. So we went on a hiatus, but it was a good healthy hiatus. I, think I so. needed that hiatus. Nice, I don't know about nice, you guys. Nice little spa treatment. But okay, look, this is why it's good to take breaks sometimes because sometimes you need that stuff. Sometimes you got to just go and do something and travel and kind of get away from the craziness. Or else you go crazy. Yeah, it sucks the fun out of it. You right? Know, when you feel like you have to do it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And now we get to regroup. We already have a really awesome first guest coming out next week. Super pumped. So stoked for it. And then we have more coming. Mm. So we're good. Cool. Back to the beginning. Here we go. What are you guys excited about for 2020? 2020 is a crazy year and it's coming. Mm. We're two months away. I'm, I think we're excited for a lot of things, but. There's a big question that looms, which is, is the life of a creator, mainly a photographer or visual artist, going to get easier or harder? And are they going to be able to make more money off the platforms that are allowing them to make money now? I yeah. mean, that's a question for the group, obviously. Right. Um, and it's one that we grapple with constantly because I think we we view a lot of the technologies that exist in platforms to be leveraged against artists. Mm-hmm. But slowly changing for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's about it's about whether or not the major players right now will continue to maintain the same amount of power that they have. Yeah, you know what's 
I think the most obvious example that everyone knows is like Instagram. You know, it's a lot different. Yeah. Making money, showing your work and getting brand work through your Instagram profile three years ago than it is right now. Mm. Um, and it's on the decline, but is the power of Instagram changing in any way? I don't think so, but. No. I think it's getting easier to make money as a creative. And I think next year is going to be a little bit easier too. There's there's avenues and there's ways to do it. Um, and Instagram has, you know, for the last three years, it's like giving you that access to that world of like an influencer or whatever you want to call it. And I do know that there are some big, you know, some big photographers and big people like kind of going away from that influencer world. So that world's kind of dying. Totally. But what you're seeing now is the catch up of these small brands. Yeah. Small brands and small companies now are like, wait a minute, I can hire one of these people to do all the branding that I don't know how to do. Yeah. So you need to find them and they're everywhere right now. It's kind of like the golden age, the golden age of what making money off Instagram used to be is kind of over. And now all of these other smaller brands, smaller companies, and just other players in the game are investing in it now because they realize there's an opportunity that used to be on Instagram and isn't there anymore. And it's easy for them now. Yeah, Yeah, and and hopefully the best creators win, not the best you know, business-minded people. And I think it's changing from the social commerce side. For sure. Well, and just just add on to that, I think what I meant by other players is is people who are building tools that empower creators specifically. Uh Um, Not like an Instagram competitor or something like that. It's more so people are seeing this opportunity and finding ways um, to benefit creatives in ways in which Instagram used to serve them but no longer can serve them. Right, yeah. I mean, you can put in your credit card into Instagram, you know, like that's crazy. That's you crazy. can do that now. Yeah, everyone's yeah, gonna be shops able. right on. You can just you can like use it to buy like things instantly off Instagram. Yeah, they partnered like the with shop. they partnered with Big Commerce maybe over a little over a year ago, basically to allow you know platforms that use uh, like Shopify to be uh-huh. able to offer their products directly on Instagram. So you know you click into a product, and there's so much native advertising that exists. So it's becoming an advertising world, obviously, with from a product standpoint. Yeah. Right. You see someone walking in the street, and like they have a bag that they can tag, and and I guess there's a there's a few questions that lie there. Hey, is it going to be open for the average consumer who loves a product to be like an evangelist for that product mm-hmm. um, and to tag it? Uh, likely not in the near future. It's like going you know, to be the people that are actually selling those products, right? Uh, able to sell it, and I mean, the affinity towards those consumer items exist because of the interactions they see on social media anyways. Right. So I think there's, it's just this uh, shortening of the gap between seeing that item and growing the affinity and being able to purchase it for the better or the worse. I mean, I think there's products that are going to help people's lives and obviously there's some that's just fueling the materialism that, that exists. So, right. How do you guys use Instagram for Darkroom? Like from a business side or promotional side, like how do you specifically use it? Give me, I mean, give me your secrets. Give everyone your secrets. What do you guys do? Honestly, we don't do anything crazy on our on our page. It's you know yeah. we, we post um, images of you know galleries we're really into, people shops that we're really into. We share yeah. their content for them. You know we use it to so you should share use it to like pocket. create a community. Yeah, yeah. That's it's, it. it's very much more community centric and also it's more so like keeping in touch with our creatives, like right. talking to them in their DMs. Um, yeah. more story centric, um, and really it's the way we look at Instagram for the most part is figuring out ways to empower the people that are on the darkroom platform to be able to create and share awesome relevant content about their shops on their own accounts. Mm -hmm. Um, So our focus is more so is is less on making the darkroom account, the central place to find people and more about, 
hey, how can we help people leverage their own Instagram accounts um, and make cool content that's relevant? Yeah. And I guess what we would want to do in that commerce world is to help educate and then also ideally help creators sell, you know, I mean, that's yeah. going to be a great avenue for them. They, they have their own acquisition channel, you know, they don't have to rely on a ton of other platforms to, yeah. to reach their audience. Yeah. You know, when you go on a profile and, uh, you know, historically it's like you click on the profile, you see their feed and then there's a little tag mm-hmm. symbol on top and you can click it, click on that, see their tagged photos. So now instead of those two icons, there's one in the middle. Um, if you're selling on it and you just tap it and then it's a normal scroll of products that you can click into and that's where the purchase page is. Right. Um, that's, and like, yeah, that's clean. And so making, yeah, making an integration like that for your shop is like, yeah, for sure. Man, I wish my prints would sell, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's, it's this weird, like I, I've always wanted to like, like I'm, I'm always a month away from like ramping up some prints, right. And like trying to push it. And the thing holding me back, the only reason I'm talking about this is because I feel like the thing that holds me back a lot of times is the thing that can hold 95% of photographers back is they just don't think that people are going to care or buy it. And I don't know. And sometimes that happens. I mean, sometimes that happens because there's this uh, pent up feeling that when you launch all sales are going to happen that moment, you know, mm-hmm. and then when it doesn't, it's a super discouraging time. Yeah. And the reality that, that we tell people is, look, it's, it's art, right? You're, you're trying to get into people's homes and on people's walls and, yeah. and be something super intimate. And it takes a type of reminder. It takes a type of consumer. And so it can be really discouraging for a lot of people, but you know, we try to reinforce the reality that, that purchase when someone makes one purchase of your work, like, I mean, they're making a decision. It's not. It's not like a T-shirt, right? right. Like they're putting it up on a wall. It's it's sparking conversation. It's it's something that's going to live there and exist there for a long time. Yeah. So I, I understand the discouraging part, uh, but I think we we can help bridge that divide with leveling expectations, but also building tools that help people market. I mean, sure, you're a photographer. You make super awesome content on social media, but it also takes time. Like if we can automate some of the social media content that you can post and platforms that help creators, you know, streamline that marketing process. Creating is hard enough, right? Right. Editing is hard enough. Marketing yourself is a whole nother side of the business, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. even if you're a freelancer, you're trying to pitch yourself nonstop, let alone make some ancillary income on on other things you want to sell. So I think the more that we can cover on that end, the better. Yeah. And and other platforms for sure. I mean, that's like the rise of Unfold, right? They allow that to do for, for everyone to feel that kind of like, magical design. Right? Yeah, for sure. You know, like even like going all the way back down to like growing your following where the conversation starts for the most part, no matter what kind of creative you are. Like the ways of growing your following now, 2019, are vastly different than 2014, 15, for 16. Sure. You know what I mean? For sure. So like finding ways to grow against like this current that's happening now, like dude, like just to be completely transparent about like where I'm coming from, like my photos, you know, don't do... 25% as good as they used to now. So like, I'm still like, I'm still trying to get that following. Does that matter? No. So there's, yeah, we can talk about that too. Like, does it matter one? But I feel like it can kind of matter yeah. for people like we don't me. Want when it it's, to. If, it's, you know? if it's your acquisition channel, of course it matters. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, you have one fourth of the chance that you had before. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, Go ahead. I think all of us kind of, hate the reality that we have to be talking about Instagram this much because it's... Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, just, what the heck are we doing? It's just... But, it, you know, it's become so vital. It's the hub. Right. Okay, yeah. so you say, oh, take out Instagram. Where else can you promote? Obviously, there's Facebook. I mean, Instagram is Facebook. Uh, but it just... 
it's so frustrating for so many creatives who feel like, you know, that saturation has decreased whatever it might be engagement. And then that might decrease their brand work, or maybe there's just someone beating them out for, for willing to do it for cheaper. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, do you guys think there's other platforms on the rise, maybe other technologies that are on the rise that are going to kind of bridge this gap? I mean, not asking what the next don't social say TikTok. media. I know when you guys are going to say that yes, word. Tick. Okay. You guys want to talk about TikTok we should for a talk second? About okay. I want to talk about it for a second. So I just looked at that platform like, a week ago. Where have you been? Okay. I just looked. I finally downloaded it. I swiped through it like three times. I couldn't handle it. I was like, can't do this. But, okay, I think I know a way that TikTok can work for us. Or at least like creatives, especially video creatives. Like, yeah. I haven't really thumbed through it a lot. But, like cinematic TikToks, right? Pick a song, upload a video that is just a banger, some awesome drone shot or whatever you want to do, whatever you're into. Like the platform doesn't have to be goofy and silly, right? I haven't really seen it go serious yet. Imagine if like there's a cool little sub side of TikTok where it's like amazing visuals and, you know, mini docs like now and it's like, who knows? Like I feel like- Do you think that's equally entertaining? You know, because I think some of the the virality that happens from it is- the, the playfulness of it and its ability to allow people to be, I think it's the most creative social media. I think yeah. I, I obviously have a lot of <laughs> reservations about it and Super its weird. ownership and, and yeah. where it came from. And it's just like its whole history. But I mean, as a creative social media, you're creating in-app and it's allowing people to be, it's democratizing. You know, everyone's the star of their own music video in some right. way. And there's people that are blowing up who weren't really big beforehand. And they, it's kind of like there the best creator TikTok can win. There's people now? There's yeah. a famous oh, TikToker? Sure. Yeah. It's, it's, sure. Are they TikTokers? Is no, that what I you mean, call I'm, them if you saw I'm, them? <laughs> TikTok-y? Clocks. Yeah, I'm on, clockers. I'm on your wave though, Dane, in the sense of TikTok is essentially what Vine would have been if Twitter didn't ruin it. Yeah, it, dude, it's just and fine. It's, it's, a, it's a huge avenue. And I think there's a ton of niches I've seen. I've actually seen a, a lot of different artists going on, and like you're saying, creating really cinematic videos. Are they? And sh- and spe- specifically showing like BTS of you creating your actual artworks, your on art pieces, TikTok. showing your yeah, showing your studio setups, things like that, which mm-hmm. I think is really valuable type of content in a totally different um, world. Honestly, it's it's essentially like a more fun version of doing good intimate Instagram stories. Right. I think that pushing the boundaries in whatever app or platform you're in, right? Like even to go back to Instagram for a second, because like the whole TikTok thing we talked about, like cinematic things, right? Kind of different, but in a way pushing the boundaries. But like for Instagram, like for for me, for instance, like I'm always trying to find ways to use a story like no one else has used it. And like with apps like Unfold and things like that, like you can go in and you can do things that no one's done before. But like I'm super interested in that because I was kind of bored of just like, the post, the post, the post, like an average post, average post. If you can push boundaries in platforms in ways that no one else has really tried or done, that's definitely a way too to kind of like get your work out there more, you know? And if you're the most creative, you win or you can win on that platform. So it doesn't have to be that you have, sometimes you'll see a tweet, right? It has 500,000 retweets and you go to the person's profile and they have, you know, 50 people following them and it's just like the best content won there, you know, like that's, something that people really resonate with. And I think there's a similar similar type of virality with TikTok. Yeah. But the, like apps aside and platforms aside, putting in the hours and doing the work and like taking shots that aren't good for years of your life and doing video that's not good for years of your life, like that is also the process, right? Well, not that it's, it's not good, it's just different, right? Like you grow. Yeah. So like that growth to me needs to be taken just as seriously 
from you learning the ropes and learning and going through and shooting and doing whatever you do or like starting a small business and like if that fails, like another one like to go, like a lot of times like that's what you should rely on more because eventually you're going to get down the road and you're going to be like, oh, okay, cool. I'm ready for any brand that wants to take me on. I'm ready for any campaign, any shoot. And like that's not going to happen from blowing up on Instagram. That's going to happen from getting dirty, grinding. For that sure. was a gnarly sentence that I just said. No, 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 no. I agree. That's 100% what it is though. Um, and I think it's kind of ironic because it's like everyone, I mean, look at the course of this conversation, all right. the focus is on how do I get attention on social media? Yeah. And I guess the irony in there is uh, it's kind of the opposite of being creative is yeah. seeking attention. And I think there's a really, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has a really, really interesting uh, TED talk on this where he talks about how Cre- or what was it? It was craving attention, mm-hmm. ironically, makes you less creative. And he goes through this long process of describing um, how when your focus is on attention, it's a it's a loop that everyone falls into. You know, he talks about how he himself falls into it. He's an actor, you know, because right. um, you feel powerful. You feel powerful when you're sitting in a room and you get to talk and you like the idea of you talking and people looking at you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you love telling stories or whatever it might be. Um, but the whole idea of it is that when you're seeking attention, it's because you're trying to grab that power and the focus is on the attention and it's not about the actual content uh, or what you're creating. And the flip side of that is when you're creative, it's when you're observing. Yeah. Mm. And it's so you're either, uh, you're either seeking attention or you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. If you're seeking attention, you're looking for power. If you're paying attention, you're trying to be creative. So yeah, the, the, the point of being, obviously it's ironic because like, yeah, the goal of all everything on social media is to try to grab attention. Everyone wants to grab your attention. You're trying to get other people's attention. That's how they make money. Mm-hmm. All of these platforms are built to make you invest your attention and give your attention so they can make these, these ad dollars. Yeah. Um, what a crazy, and then in reverse, you know, world. that's, you know, it's a little dopamine hit, but then the irony in there being, it kind of crushes your creativity because that's what all you're focused on and you're not observing. Yeah. Um, which that was a really cool perspective and it circles back to what you're saying, which is like, you know, the process, the growth is in the photos you're taking, is in the creative process. It's, you know, all the failures, failures that you had um, and observing and learning and growing. It's not scrolling through Instagram stories. I know. But damn, it's so hard not to. <laughs> no, yeah, 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 no, no, that's the struggle for sure. Like, I, I definitely don't want to come off as the type of person that like will preach too hard of the whole like, you know, like put your head down, grind, don't look at Instagram. Who cares about the attention? Like, yeah, that's great, but it's not realistic, right? Like I, like if I would be a liar, if I said that, I don't care about that. You know, like I try not to, it's like you try to like take steps in any parts of your life to like, you know, be a better this, be a better that. Like I try to care less, you know, as everyone hopefully does too. But at a certain point, like, yeah, I do care. Like, obviously like I'm a human who like likes when people like my work, you know what I mean? So like for sure, a healthy dose of that can be okay. But also like, Work your ass off, shoot your ass off, say yes to everything until you get to a place where you feel like you can say no comfortably. That's my whole yes, no thing, I think. Like, rather than just like, yes, man, all the time, like, do that in the beginning, but then like, learn how to say no a little bit because it will save your time and your life. People you know, take advantage of And your well being. Yeah, for sure. Like, dude, I burned out hard this year, you mm-hmm. know? And like, it kind of fell into the time of our hiatus. Like, so it worked out and like, I got to regroup and be like, okay, cool. Yeah, you had no hours. Dude, I know. You had no daylight. And I'm finally at a place now where I feel like, okay, cool. Like I can manage burnout. I can say no to this type of client if, uh, you know, I'm not, you know, what totally led, ready for it. What led to that burnout? Dude, just working too much, working too hard. Um, too which many is a, clients? 
Yeah, too too many clients, but like being such like I, I have such fast turnaround times, you know, which like I don't know what anybody else's turnaround times are because I don't know really a lot of other creatives that like have been transparent about that. But like I give a client, you know, four or five days turnaround time. And then in that meantime, I have two other shoots. I got to get those clients turnarounds like days after this other one. So it's just like a, a constant 12 hour day, 12 hour day, 12 hour day, shoot, 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 edit, edit, edit. And you just burn out, you know? Yeah, so sure. it's important to like, you can do that for a while. I, I really suggest it. Like if you're going to work, like say yes to everything, but then, you know, when it gets tough, like it's okay to like step back, take a break, learn how to say no, pick the clients that you want to work with. You know, it's like the 80, 20 rule. Like pick those, you know, look at the 20%, actually, no, nah, it wouldn't be the 80, 20 rule. But anyway, it's just like pick those clients that you like and you genuinely want to shoot with. Like even if it's just the type of photography or video or whatever it is, take a look at that from an outside perspective, see what you want to shoot, figure it out. And then that way, when those clients come to you, it's like, yes, of course. And when the other ones that you know, like aren't really going to be in it for, for the best interest of your portfolio, what you want to do in the future, if you start shooting weddings and you don't want to shoot weddings, you're going to become a wedding photographer, you know, whether you like it or not. Like, so like whatever you choose to shoot, like choose wisely because like that work's going to keep coming, keep coming. So like I was doing corporate videos for a while and like, I'd have fun with it. And I, I would make it like, you know, not corporate E like I'd make it like a dope little mini doc, you know, which is great. And I love mm -hmm. that. And it taught me how to do that, mm -hmm. which is great. Cause now I'm doing it for interior designers and like boutique hotels and like different types of companies not corporate companies, but like I learned the ropes through those corporate companies doing it like that. But now I'm saying no to those corporate gigs because I just can't do it. You know, just the time and the, blood the effort and the, it's blood sucking. I feel like I'm on a carnival cruise ship, you know, <laughs> playing like, you know, no offense to anyone that plays music on a carnival cruise ship, but like, man, I feel like you, know, you just stand there and you look out where you're playing and you just see, you know, people eating like chicken wings, like falling on their chest. You're like, man, what am I doing here? Yeah. But I had to go through that to learn what I needed to, you know, needed for myself. And I still took all the training and all the videos with me in like my head. Mm. Right. And I can do that for, for other brands now. So, you know, amazing. Yeah. I don't I mean, even know where that's going to no, go. I mean, you putting in those hours gave you the flexibility to take that break. Right. And be a, be self-aware. Um, I think what would be cool is to, to get your guys, to, you guys are always telling me and sending me things or, that are going on in the mm -hmm. industry. And yeah, would love to just see here, Things that are getting you excited, you know. It doesn't have to be twenty twenty. Maybe just right. recent things you read or heard or yeah. From Dan, you're huge on the the current events. Yeah, yeah, that's all I do. <laughs> um, man, dude, I'm not like especially in this world. Like I know you know what I do see happening more and more though is like workshops and get-togethers and yep, like like people coming to a space to either show their work or learn from each other. And like that hasn't happened a lot in a while. And I think it's no, cool. I, I agree. You know? I, and I think it's similar to our prior conversation where, you know, we're talking about, well, if people are leaving Instagram, where are they going to go to next? But yeah. I think it's the in-person stuff. It's like, uh -huh. it's real life events. It's going to galleries. It's doing workshops. Yeah. Um, it's fine. Finding people to work with in real life, people to buy your work in real life. Um, honestly, it, it, it almost makes me feel, feel like the, uh, you know, the film is not dead movement. Everything is coming back to like analog in person. Yeah. Um, the vet really the value of it is skyrocketing again. You know what I mean? It, it dipped for a yeah. while and then now mm -hmm. it's very much on the come up again. Yeah. Um, we're I, shooting film now. We're shooting film I know now. you're shooting film now. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that's from burnout in some way of like fire, shooting fire, fire, film? digital, like just this digital overload of being able to capture every moment? Yeah, I think it's like, it's like we were talking about when you're, 
you're striving for attention so much. It's like you get lost in the sauce and then you're like, all right, well, what, what actually makes me happy? And it's like, yo, yeah. it's like, it goes back to the flow state conversation too. It's like, right. you're happy when you're, you're in your flow state, when you're yeah. flowing. And it's like, that doesn't happen when yeah. your focus is on how can I get attention with this? That happens when like you, you feel free and are being creative. Oh, yeah. um, and I think that's testament to what analog is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's to me, it's a, like a outlet, you know, like being able to shoot film, like mm-hmm. just, to take that with me, like, that's, like, the nice, refreshing part of what I do that's, like, man, like, this is for me, 100% just for, like, me, mm-hmm. and I'm going to print this and put this in a bolt. Like, I might a folder not get this developed it. for six months, right. and it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, I just like having that, you know. Totally. Just it's for uh, keeps, it's for the memories, it's for the experience. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes the work ends up being yeah. dope, too. <laughs> no, I, I do like that. And like, even, even if it's not film, like, finding these other, you know, these other things to, like, take the not pressure, but just to take like that workload off and like, just, you know, take your film camera on a hike and just, it just feels so much different than lugging a, you know, a 5d Mark IV up there. You're trying to get shots that like, you know, you're actually totally. trying to like, you know, totally. when you take a film camera, you're just like snapping it's your part friends. part of the experience just as hanging opposed out. to it is the experience. Yeah. I was telling, uh, we were just talking about, uh, you'll hear this in the next episode, but, uh, these yearbooks that I make. So at the end of every year, I mean, I've done it for two years. I'm not going to act like I've been doing this for like 10 years, but I've been doing these yearbooks with me and my group of friends where, you know, I'm the one shooting. I'm the only photographer in the group. So at the end of the year, like every trip we've gone on for the most part, like, you know, I've been shooting it like film or digital. So, you know, there's 10 of us, 10 or 12 of us. I'll throw a yearbook together. Like I'll actually make it like on blurb, you know? make this really cool like 100 page yearbook and it like looks like a cool little coffee table book and like there's 12 copies made and we all get one and that's it you know so like just like even things like that are just cool to like have this little like fun side project like it'll you know you'll learn things along the way because now I want to make these real books you know I want to go out and like actually make a book next year and like do it as legit as I can. And like my experience level isn't a lot, but I kind of have a little bit now, like a book design and like how to put it together, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So what current events? The fuck? Current oh. events. <laughs> yeah. What Adobe, else? Adobe Tim, Max what happened happening? in LA. Was it in LA? I think it was in yeah, LA. Yeah, yeah. I think no it, was, idea. it was a few days ago. What is that? Adobe, it's like their big conference. It's like really? thousands and thousands of people, keynote right. speeches. Is it like the Sony days. Alpha thing? It's like it's yeah. like the Apple keynotes when they're launching new products, uh-huh. stuff, you know. But it's was a, Belsky there? Was there a guy there? I think so. Yeah, Definitely must have been. Yeah. What yeah. do they do there? Um, well, Just they, new product design. They, yeah, I mean, they stuff. they walk through different collaborations. Obviously, they are, you know, they've labeled themselves as the future of design, which is a, something that they have lived up to. And I think yeah. now we're it'd be, it'd be, dude, it'd be, soak it it'd up. Be pretty tough. That'd to be argue tattooed with on yeah, my, dude, on yeah. my yeah. forehead if I was yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And then yeah. the question is, where do we all think that that's going? And I know we had had this conversation before and we talked about this a lot, but like their project arrow, right? Yeah. Their partnership with Apple, they've <clears> kind of just taken the next step where they made project arrow is basically their app that allows creators to start designing in augmented reality. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we know that, augmented reality is coming it's just a matter of hey are there going to be enough is there going to be enough content to work with and aka is there going to be enough designers who are well versed in the skill set and the tools to actually build that an arrow released on ios just just a couple days ago you need to make it relevant to the day-to-day creator for Mm -hmm. there to be any type of adoption that's what you were playing with yeah i was playing right before here yeah it's like a drag and drop i mean imagine kind of like 
you know, the AR you see on Snapchat and Instagram, yeah. um, but also much more flexible where a big part of it is you can actually use PSD files. Um, so you can use Photoshop files and different layered files to actually come into there and, and to build. So people that are skilled already in Photoshop, um, there's a clear bridge as to how you start learning. And uh-huh. I think that people that are know that that time is coming and want to stay relevant, it's, it's an awesome opportunity to start flirting with the concept. And then obviously there's going to be brand work that's coming. Um, you know, I don't know how soon that's going to be. We were talking about this in the car over. Yeah, It's going to take that form factor change, <clears throat> right? Where we actually go from phones to glasses or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. It's going to take that shift. But before that shift, there needs to be an existing infrastructure. And when we say infrastructure here, we mean platforms like Arrow and we mean the tens of thousands of designers that are making content and and even making products that might make consumers feel like they can build it themselves. So yeah. like almost drag and drop tools that make a consumer feel like, hey, I'm I'm building my own augmented reality content. Yeah, right. Sure. I mean yeah. I and think Snapchat like a, did yeah. that pretty well in the beginning, but I think they have the opportunity to really take it to the next level. For sure. I think I have two notes on yeah. two like side notes on that. And I think it's super dope. I'm hundred percent on your wavelength. I think one example to show that I think people are really ready for this, it's relevant, is look at the rise of, uh, what was it, Justin LeDuc, the dude who... Um, I thought you were going to say Bieber. I really did. <laughs> look for at, the rise, of, look yeah. at the rise of Bieber. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, um, Justin LeDuc, he's the dude who made the animation of the Grim Reaper over mm. the um, oh, Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, dude, I just and saw that like, again and the and other day. Like, it's, it's, so an, it's a really, really epic, essentially... You know, AR graphic. I mean, it's not obviously yeah. he wasn't using like well, an AR I mean, product. I was but, you know, wondering it, how he made that. Like, no in, idea. in theory, you know what I mean? That, that's AR. That's yeah. a great well, example yeah. of AR. Yeah, it was like Cinema yeah. 4D, which yeah. has been an awesome yeah. nice. tool. And I think that shows just how, you know, people are really interested in that type of content. Like, I've never seen anything go viral on Instagram like that. Right. Like, to, to a ridiculous degree. It was Dude, incredible. Crazy. It blew up. Yeah. But, and then the flip side of that, and this totally, you know, is in support of what Anders was saying. It's like you look at, uh, you know, how Instagram built out all of their filters as well, their, all their uh, face AR filters, basically, you know, trying to copy Snapchat, and then they've been doing so well, and then they created Spark AR so that people can make their own filters. They have a little marketplace for it. Yeah. I could go on right now and make my own face filter and mm-hmm. throw it on, uh, upload it through Facebook, have it on Instagram, and start putting up um, face filter stories nice. for, of something that I made. And then the next level of that is Project Arrow, where it's like, literally anybody can do AR, mm-hmm. which I think is so and, cool. And yeah. as a designer, like looking at, you know, why you would do that, people might say, well, why would you create that face app? You know, like you're not getting paid for it. You're you're growing that skill set and it's practice and people are using it. And, and I think that type of clout within the design world is something that gets you jobs when, when they start rolling in. And I oh, think yeah. it's going to be enormous, yeah. right? I mean, we're talking yeah. about a, a virtual world that exists on our, layered on top of our existing world that's infinite. I mean, yeah. fa- what's fashion then? You know, people could be walking around in all blank shirts and, and pants and we're all wearing skins that are like moving digital art that we've bought that's maybe on a blockchain or something crazy. You know, it's kind of like when you tell people about the video gaming world, it's like, how are all these companies like Fortnite making money? It's like, well... They have a few designers on their team that are designing dance moves and skins, and they're selling them. And their margin on them is like 99.9%, minus the human capital to make it. And in the same way, I mean, AR is going to take over. I mean, take over on the fashion side. Who knows how big that will be and what the actual price point will be, but it's going to be everywhere and anywhere. And and anyone that wants to opt in, everyone, there's going to be a very big group that opts out and is going to say, I don't want to, I don't want to be a part of, you know, the AR world. And the same people that the anti TikTokers, you know, but you, you can bet that those cool. people using TikTok are going to be some of these first adopters into the AR world. 
Do you think that brands shift in the next few years to hiring and only trying to get AR-related content and media? Well, I think it's so relevant to how you sell something in general. Uh-huh. If you can use AR to show somebody what it's going to look like on your body, what it's going to look like on your wall, right. it's, a, it's a significantly better experience, at least from the e-commerce perspective, um, for what that product's actually going to be. Right. You know what I mean? It's like having really good product photos on mm-hmm. like your Amazon listing or whatever your e-commerce website is. Like The better product photos you have, the more likely somebody is to buy it because they actually know what it looks like. Right. You yeah. know? So as a creative... Uh, let's say photo or video, like how it is now. In a few years, it might be pretty normal to have a team that you know you have the videographer, and then you have no matter what the AR or someone that can do the AR as well. Like you come together well, I think as a package, it's be the same right? Yeah, you, I, you do. I, I do. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I, I'd like to add also, like, there's also going to be use cases outside of just how do we use AR to make money. Like, I think it's a totally new medium just to be a creative. Just mm-hmm. like not everyone who takes photographs takes photographs to make money. Right. It's just a new way, a new medium to be creative and express yourself, yeah. which is epic. It's like all of us are arching our necks down in our heads, looking at our phones, and even looking at what social media is in the world of AR. It might actually, it might actually help. You know, I, I think obviously you could argue that social media has been a detriment to the mental health of you know. Millions and millions of people, but yeah. well, I mean, if, proven. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, I'm more saying like yeah. net negative overall. You know, it's it's a very hard thing to measure. You know, mm-hmm. it's more of just a, a philosophical conversation. And but it, when looking at augmented reality, you know, can you say that that interaction that might happen in an augmented world where all of us are sitting at this table, but we're in three different places in the world, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe it's our avatars that are talking, but it, it seems more social and it seems more intimate. And so maybe that actually might reduce the the negative side effects that we see of a lot of the social medias that exist today. Dude, I'm happy that I have you young guys to tell me what's going on because I have no idea. I have no idea. I'll be on the sidelines. I'll be waving at you guys in the AR train. I can't, I don't know if I could do it, man. Do you think It's that's scary. A- it freaks me out. I don't even update my programs because I'm afraid of the updates. <laughs> you think I can handle AR? You, you You're tested- not on the creative cloud. Yet. I literally don't. Out- I'm afraid to update my, my programs because I don't want them to look different. What's the last iOS update you did? Oh, psh, kidding me? I still have an iPhone 4. <laughs> no, I don't. I update that. Yeah, he's got, he's got an iPhone 6. That's fun. No, but like for real, like that's a whole side note. What were you going to say? Have you tested out dark mode yet? I love it. I wish it was 24-7. <laughs> I can probably, see, I can probably make it 24-7. I have no idea. I'm just like, hey, dark mode's on. Like I tell everyone like, dude, look at this. And then it goes <laughs> away. I'm like, ah, oh, see you tomorrow. <laughs> you know? W- were you going to say something before that? Yeah. You were giving me a look. About AR? Yeah, I think. Oh, oh, oh. I thought the avatar uh, comment was super interesting because like, do you think that that's something that replaces something like a group FaceTime? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Two part question. One, yeah. do you think it's more intimate than a group FaceTime? Yeah. And then you think having avatar showing instead of our real faces is more intimate? I think if it's us right next to each other, like and it's a three dimensional being, whatever the avatar might be, it's something that just is in real life for me and it's not something that I'm viewing through, you know, the black mirrors that are our iPhones and our Androids. So intimate in the sense of it gives me this visceral reaction that it's something almost living in front of me, you know, that it's, it's a being that exists. Obviously it's not, it, it may not take your human form. It's kind of like ready player one. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean that, that Dude, was that's just so what I was going to say. I was going to say it's the ready player one vibe yeah. for sure. And for sure, you know, I, I would agree with, with, I think the point you're trying to make, which is, you know, you're hiding under a mask and maybe that, you know, that'll lead to all types of negative, um, you know, no, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a super. Int- I think it's a super yeah. curious question. There's definitely not a correct answer, but it, yeah. there's just the the viewpoint that I look at it from is like, can you make something more intimate than literally like my face, Andre's face, Dane's face? We're on a group Facetime call. Like, are we going to feel more comfortable, more intimate if we're all avatars at a three dimensional face versus us? Out. Like, 
looking at each other's actual faces. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Eventually, dude, it's gonna go, it's gonna get weird. All right, dude, I, I gotta to go. go. To the bathroom I gotta so run. Bad. You gotta pee. I gotta so shoot. This is, yeah, uh, um, this is cool. Let's I got nothing, this. but you know they're leaving. So we'll, we'll find something. I'll free. be here. DM me. Uh, let's do this every month. Let's do it <laughs> once a month. A bonus episode, regular episode. We'll figure it out. Once a month. We'll see you guys in a month. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Dan will have more current events next time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See you guys. That'll do it, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out and checking out that roundtable episode with Anders, Theo, and myself. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify. I would say Stitcher. I don't think you can subscribe there, but you can go there. So, like, that's what I do if, like, my family members are like, we don't know how to use the podcast app. I'm like, all right, I'm going to send you a link, and Stitcher's usually that link. So that's a good one for, like, family members that really can't understand technology. By the way, just send them that link. Go straight to it. Anyways, you guys, thank you so much. We really appreciate you. We're super pumped for next week's episode. And yeah, all right, you guys, say hey to us at Darkroom. Say hey to me at Dane Diener on Instagram. And we will see you guys. We will actually see you guys next week.